Hello, everybody. It's Tom Chenault. Adrian Chenault. This is the Network Marketing Leadership Show. Hello, my son. Hello, father. How are you doing? Our high fives are just keep getting better. I'm I know. doing great. Have we ever had a guest that we're more excited about? It's never a dull moment. One of the reasons is because I just... <laughs> Look at this. I am such a sucker. I have bought so many millions of books and tapes and books and tapes. His wife, his dog, his daughter, his cat, everybody. This guy is the most, pro he's more prolific a writer than Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield combined. But what I love about the guy is he's so deep. And I love them because the content is magnificent. And uh, I just can't even believe we get to have him on the show. What do you think of Richard Brooke? I, he's like the father I never had. <laughs> That's, that is so exciting. So have you read any of those books, Tom? Oh my God, I have, I am, I swear if you gave a quiz, I would be your biggest fan. And this 416, 64, 256, 1024, 4096, that premise, lifting up, I mean, all those things that you did, I stole. And now I am going to give books to everybody and they're gonna know I'm a plagiarist, which is even worse, but I have to cop it because you are so extraordinary. Now try to insult me. I can't, it's impossible. Thank you very much. So what's going on? Well, I'm in quarantine. Yeah, what's happening there? Why? Because I went to the mainland and then I came back to Lanai and they made me hide for two weeks. You get to be around your wife. Or is, it, is it conjugal? Of course. <laughs> okay, well, good. What are you worried about? I'd want to be quarantined with her too. If I had to get quarantined, that'd be a pretty good quarantine. So if I come to Hawaii, what happens? Not that. Go ahead. Hawaii, we play golf, we uh, go boating, we go fishing, we laugh, we eat, we cool. We live, we live life full out. That's what we do on Lanai. I was on your Zoom one morning and you go, you people need to come to Lahaini or whatever you call it. Not necessarily will I see you, but you need to come. That was so funny when you said that day, like, uh oh, I just had that come out of my mouth, like I'm going to buy him dinner and lunch and breakfast and all that stuff. And here's 4,000 people moving in. And I saw you just pull that right back out. So very proud of you. So what's going on? What's the state of the nation before we talk about plugging all your books and doing all the stuff? What's going on in the world of Brooke? You want to talk about the nation or you want to talk about network marketing? What do you want to talk about? Network marketing in the nation. I don't give a rats about the nation. I've had enough of the nation. Talk about it. Well, um, I'm not sure if this is what you want to talk me to talk about, but what I see on the uh, horizon and and uh, currently in our space in our profession is a really profound boost in the last nine months for a lot of companies, not all companies, but recruiting is up in a lot of companies customer acquisition is up in a lot of companies sales are up in a lot of companies and i whenever i talk about that i like to caution people to get too proud of ourselves because the facts that we have to face i think is that we're riding on the coattails of the pandemic which is a economic and healthcare disaster for our country and but network marketing is benefiting from it and i think that's okay right we're just serving the needs of people in this time but i don't think it's okay for us to be uh too proud of it or to be marketing it you know like taking advantage of it 
but sales and recruiting are up in a lot of companies and that's a good thing. Um, and of course the regulatory environment is up, which a lot of people are reacting to and overreacting to and doesn't bother me. I just, you know, think, okay, it's kind of like whack-a-mole, right? They say, okay, you can't say residual income anymore. Um, so, all right, great. I'm going to call it lifetime income. Now, regulate that. And they regulate that and I'll call it forever income. And so all we have to do is get creative, be compliant, change our language. And that's the good guys and the good gals. There's a whole part of our profession that doesn't care what the regulators or the ethics people are doing. They're just going to run ramshot over prospects anyway. Mm -hmm. Nothing we can do about them. <laughs> I think it's all good. Like, I'm very excited about where we're at in the profession and not the least bit bothered by the regulatory environment. We will get creative and persevere. I like that. Yeah, that's huge. And so, you know, you you just pulled together a, a bunch of great people for this new version of the four-year career. And I know we'll talk more about the, the latest update on the book and, and stuff later in the show. But, you know, a, as you're pulling these people together and, and pulling these stories together, you know, one of the things that you have put a lot of emphasis on is people who have long track records, both as individuals, but in their companies. And, you know, what can we, what can people learn from these sort of more timeless companies that have been around and how did, how, you know, what do you see as the key to the longevity of some of these companies that have managed to stay in business and stay compliant for a long time? Yeah. Well, good question, Adrian. I was just, just came off a long coaching zoom with a, um, uh, big leader in Brazil. He's actually from the UK, but he's hanging out in Brazil right now. And, you know, he was a, a little concerned about, you know, in his company, people don't make big, big money. You know, nobody's, nobody's on the stage talking about their two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollar a month checks that they earned in the last, since they joined their company in the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I told him this, I said, people have network marketing confused uh, in terms of what the holy grail is, what the objective is, what the upside is. It's not how much money you can make. You know, Tom knows you can make tons of money doing all kinds of things. It's not how much money you make. The opportunity that network marketing offers all of us that's totally unique is the opportunity to build something once. Now, yep. the once may be four years, seven years, 10 years, 12 years, until you decide not to be hustling anymore. And then if you pick the right company with the right product, get paid forever. Yep. And so the question is not how much money people are making, it's how long they're making it. And so the heroes to me in network marketing are the people that have been earning a residual check from their company based on repeat customers for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Shackley, yes. Somebody in the books from Shackley. That woman has got generations behind her, doesn't she? Charlene Fike, she has one of the greatest network marketing stories. She built Shackley while she was in college, which, you know, she won't mind me telling you, it was a long time ago. And then she didn't like the new owners of Shackley. <laughs> surprise, surprise. You know, we all have new owners occasionally. And uh, so she decided she couldn't build it anymore. 
And so she was inactive for like 16 years. And then somebody came and bought Shackley that she liked. <laughs> Her income never changed in 16 years. And now she's back building again. And I did a leadership, uh, two-day leadership event for about 300 Shackley leaders a year and a half, two years ago. And I swear, Tom and Adrian, out of the 300 people, 20 or 30 of them were the grandchildren whose grandparents built the income in Shackley. They passed away, left it to the children. The children passed away. And I'm coaching the grandkids. Yeah who are sitting on a huge business, don't really know anything about it or how to build it or how to lead it or this generational income. And that is the, that's actually the only economic unique thing that network marketing has to offer. You can make a million dollars a year selling real estate, doing mortgages, you know, doing all kinds of things. But every one of those things stop when you stop. Good call. And if you find a company that has proven that if they slice their palm, they bleed residual income and network marketing. In other words, they have proven through adversity. So they have been challenged hugely and they didn't give up. They didn't bail. They didn't quit. They didn't sell out. They didn't fold up. Right. They have been, they've been challenged by adversity and they've also been challenged by success. And you know, people don't realize sometimes that success can be the biggest motive to give up leading and owning a company. If all of a sudden you're a billionaire, why do you want to steep, uh, keep promoting events and doing Zooms and, you know, going to events and doing the national convention, you know? So if you pick a company that the leadership, the ownership and the product line has proven that they have a really good chance of being here forever, you can build an income that's worth um, as a as an asset. It's worth 200 times the monthly income, and that, there's no other place you can do that. You can't do it in real estate. You can't do it in anything else other than network marketing. It's the most phenomenal business model on the planet. And what's cool about that, everybody, is if you buy this book, and I'm, I wasn't going to talk about this yet, but he only chose legacy companies for a reason. Because when you get into this, these businesses for a while instead of the long term, you're setting yourself up to take not only yourself off a cliff, but your people off a cliff. And you have to take that responsibility so seriously of who is going to be in your business. I, I, my wife loves you and Kimmy, by the way. And she all pissed off because you she wanted to be sitting between Adrian and I, and I forgot to invite her. And she was mad because she thinks the and I said, Kimmy's not going to be there. So that bought me a little time. But Richard, you have given women in this world the chance to own their life, to raise their kids, to show their kids how to raise their kids and bring everything home. And I, I really, really can't tell you thank you enough for how seriously take this profession. Well, I do. Um, and, and I think legacy is the only way to go. And, you know, there's there's a lot of companies that they make a lot of promises. They have a lot of flash. They have a, you know, they pump up the checks and they pump up the volume. But when you've been doing this as long as I have, you just gain a perspective of, wow. You know, somebody asked me the other day about, you know, somebody quit my company and 
they went and started another company and they're raiding my people and what do I do about it? I said, just wait, just wait. It's the most, it's the least expensive legal strategy for somebody that's raiding your company. Just wait, because Tom, I mean, 44 years, I've been watching companies come and go for 44 years and I swear 99% of every startup in network marketing is going to fail. Wow. And they're probably going to fail in the next year or two. They're and getting... so it's crazy to stake your reputation. This is your favorite part. We are going to commercial break because Richard Brook for years has told me how much he loves those survival commercials on the Genesis Communication Network, who, by the way, have put us on 550 stations and had us on for 12 years. So I love those commercials. We'll be right back. And we're at the commercial that Richard loves now. Your commercial. This is good. Yeah, these are, these are the good kind of commercials. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about silver impregnated bacon. <laughs> I know it is so funny. You'd get so mad about that. You'd call right, right when I was doing the show and yell at me. And like, it's my radio station. Oh, my God. And That's they were perfect. so short. They just were very short commercials, too. All right. So, Adrian, what are you doing? You know, it's uh, I, I love having you on, Richard, because I... I steal most, you know, like he said, I, I feel like I steal most of my material from you because you're just, you you know, I think you, you speak from such a great place and, and I think you, you know, we have a, a very similar way of seeing the world and I'm really grateful for that. And so I, I'd love for you to talk about, right at the beginning of when the pandemic kicked off, you kicked off this thing called the Connection Challenge and you inspired a lot of people to reach out into their address book and to really, you know, see, seize this moment as a time like never before where you have an ability to really reach out and connect with people. And so what happened when you did that? What did you hear back from people as a result of those outreaches that they did? Well, the, the connection challenge was, it was not a prospecting ploy. It was, it was purely to have people exercise their gift and their ability to reach out and touch someone. And what better time than the lockdown and the pandemic to, ha to be, have the excuse of you know me calling you up, Adrian, I haven't talked to you for five or 10 years. And the reason I'm calling you or messaging you is, hey, I'm just taking advantage of this crazy time we're having to reach out and connect with people I haven't talked to in a long time. And so a lot of people did it and they did it every day. And what it allowed them, not only was it a huge gift. I mean, I heard so many stories about great conversations that people had with people they hadn't talked to in years, right? And without the connection challenge, they wouldn't have really understood the context of how do I have permission to call somebody in my phone that I haven't talked to in five or 10 years? Because we always think we need some excuse, right? Some permission. And they created the most amazing stories, but what it did for them was allowed them to exercise the weak muscle of calling somebody just to learn about them, not to pitch their politics or sell them something or recruit them into something, but just to learn about them, just to be, to have it be a one-way conversation where Adrian, the reason I'm calling is, I want to know what's going on with you. Tell me a story. How you holding up? You know, what's happened to your business, your job? 
how's your family? How you, how you doing not being able to go out of the house or whatever's going on? And just, you know, cause that's the art of contact mapping and networking is everything starts as a networker with us connecting with our network and expanding our network, widening the circle of people that we have enough connection with, enough rapport, enough trust, that if we ever do wanna ask them to look at something, they will because they trust us, because we've given a bit of our heart and our curiosity to them. And so it was fun. That's so cool. It is, it's a magnificent thing and it makes you, it makes everything better. It makes everything easier down the line if you make those investments. So go check out contactmapping.com slash free while we come out of this break and we're gonna come back right now. And we're back. It's the Network Marketing Leadership Show. Adrian Chenault, Tom Chenault, Richard Brooke, Eric Waray watching. There's some just muckety mucks watching this show because of Brooke here. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really, what I love right now is all these world-class trainers are home. And so you've got, really, I swear to God, like you. I mean, you're doing video and doing Zoom and changing the world all day. There's no transit time. There's nothing going on. Everybody's out there training. And we're getting more content if we can absorb it than ever before. And we have to look at it from it is awesome instead of it's too much. Because I'm telling you, if I get one more challenge, I'm going to blow my brains out. (laughs) things you hate about me what's the three things you love about me you know and it's just what we have to do is remember to keep the main thing the main thing and that's build our businesses become better human beings document people follow them up it's just such a absolute poetry in motion deal if we will do it and uh i don't know maybe you want to tell the june jones story i want to tell the june jones story remember that june story well, I remember that, um, you know, when it comes to contact mapping, one of, one of the exercises that I uh, lead people through when, you know, they ask that rhetorical question, who do I talk to? I don't know who to talk to. Who do I talk to? So I always have people pull out their phone and I've had you do this, Tom. You have more people on your phone than anybody I know. But you could all do this. All of you are listening. Pull out your cell phone, go to your contacts, go to the Z's on your contacts And then under all of your contacts, there's a number. And that's how many people you're connected to. And so when people say, well, who do I talk to? So, well, you know, why don't we start with people that you're connected to, right? Let's look at this, start with the A's. This person, I'll just have them read off like this person. So Tom, you and I think we've actually done this exercise. Who's the very first person in your contacts? Very first person you told me to go to the Z's, Brooke. You know who's the first person in my contacts, Richard? Let's use you, Adrian. Who's yours? AJ Spalding. I see him every single time. (laughs) For you, Adrian, have you asked AJ Spalding to look at contact mapping? I have not. There you go. First person in your phone, you haven't even contacted them yet. So you don't need to sign up for the class, who do I talk to? That's it. You got them right there. And one of the cool things about my phone and Tom's phone, I don't know about yours, Adrian, but I was talking about this on Daily Dose of Salt one time and I was looking through my phone and uh, you find people in your phone, you don't know who they are, right? Which is why you need contact mapping because about 20% of the people in my phone, 
So I was looking at my phone. I'm reading down through June Jones. Who's that? Who's June Jones? And Tom happened to be on Daily Dose of Salt, and he had to tell me. You said, I don't know who that No, you said, I don't know who that woman is. Oh, that's funny. Woman, it's the head football coach at the University of Hawaii, Richard. You're lucky you didn't call and say, is your husband there or is there your wife, June? It would have been hilarious, but we have got, we are strangers to our database. Yes. And, you know, Eric's doing that big GoPro recruiting challenge thing tomorrow and for a week. Same deal, man. Go into your database and talk to people and touch them and say something nice to them, then come back and hammer them. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, for sure. Uh, and, you know, I, I just like, you know, we talk about how valuable contact mapping is. I know June Jones. I played golf with him here on Lanai. He's invited me to come play golf in Honolulu. And I've sent him my book. And I'm looking at this name, and I'm, I, I don't know who that lady is. Ward Cleaver's wife. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, you guys, that's hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah, so, Richard, I know you're doing all kinds of trainings for companies right now, just over the top, like company, company, company. How's that going? Well, doing these challenges, and, you know, I, I know Manatech, I know Young Living, I know a lot of companies are embracing you, obviously Donna Johnson, I mean, people, Arbon, people love you. Well, thank you. I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm not setting any records, but uh, I have my own, like, very narrow tribe of people that appreciate um, my narrow lane because I, you know, one of the things that I've learned after so many decades doing this is the most important thing to me and what I teach and how I lead and how I coach people is authenticity. And the truth is there's a lot of stuff that goes on in our profession that I just, it's not that I'm right. I just don't agree with it. I don't think it serves our profession. I don't think it has uh, the reputation of our profession get better with time. And so I can't teach it. I can't support it. I can't promote it. And that narrows pretty tightly the lane of people that follow me because, you know, if you're in some goofball company that's full of hype, I, I won't even work with you. I don't want your money. And that leaves me, you know, driving Uber here on Lanai to make up the extra money, but I'm okay with that. Uber Lanai, man, we got to take a break, right? Yep. Okay, we're going to come back. This is a long break. You're going to love this one, Brooke. All right, we're coming back right after this. <coughs> and we're back. All right, I saved that cough for a whole seven minutes. <laughs> That's hard. That's hard. You can't believe how many people are just absolutely loving you, Richard. Jeanette Anderson down in Australia, Caroline Thomas. Obviously, my wife thinks you're hot. You know, I can't figure out how much weight did you lose? Have you lost like 50, 60, 70 pounds? What's going on? I lost 30 by hiking uh, 150 miles a month and, you know, a few other things. And then I plateaued and uh, I went to my ranch in California the 1st of October to take care of a bunch of business. And it was so smoky there from the wildfires that I had to stay inside. So Kimmy and I are, we're kickstarting. We're on our second day of kickstarting a fast, five-day fast which if I get angry and snap at you during this, that's why. <laughs> no. 
fast for about 60 years the way I look at it, but let's try this one out. I heard you got another 30 pounds to lose before I'm going to start kicking sand in people's faces at the beach. Can't wait. All right. And congratulations. Are you trying to peel some weight? When are you going to Bora Bora? February. Work a man of unbelievable resources. Go ahead. That's pretty awesome. So I, I wanted to ask you a, a question. We were as we were going into the break, you talked about authenticity being kind of the center of of what you what you really see yourself as being about, and maybe that being kind of central to what you do in the profession. That's a word that gets thrown around a lot these days, right? And I think you know we all know what it means, but I think sometimes because it's gotten so overused, we almost don't know what it really means anymore. So when somebody, when you're telling somebody they need to get out there and be authentic in the way they connect with people, what does that really mean to you? Well, I mean, I mean, other ways to talk about it would you know do you, be you, um, trust you. There's seven and a half billion of us on the planet, but that doesn't take into account all of us that there's ever been, which I don't know what that number is, but let's say it's 15 billion or 50 billion. And all of us, I mean, it's so remarkable. We're each unique out of all those numbers. And yet so many of us try to be like other people. We try to to use the gifts that other people have to copy their success doing it their way. And so authenticity is not about ethics. It's not about doing it a certain way. It's about doing it your way. It's, you know, it's Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. And in order to be authentic though, you have to have the courage and resolve to be able to give up a lot of, abundance and a lot of maybe relationships and a lot of celebration, a lot of success, a lot of recognition that you could get by, um, you know, not being authentic, by doing it other people's way. And, you know, I think that's one of the biggest challenges we have in network marketing is, you know, the leaders in our profession, if they've been around long enough, they know the right way to do this, but they abrogate that to profit and revenue and how fast they can rank advance and, you know, how many people they can recruit or whatever. And, you know, that's being inauthentic on kind of a grander leadership scale. And then what I tell people, like how I boil authenticity down to networking is, you know, people are always asking me, well, so, you know, my next door neighbor, you know, she's a Pilates instructor and she's lived here for two years and she has two kids and she's single. And how do I approach her? And so my secret sauce for authentic invites is very simple. I just ask whoever's asking me. So I want you to swap the roles and I want you to imagine that your next door neighbor, the Pilates instructor, has an opportunity for you. She has an opportunity for you. That's to the dog. <laughs> well, I've never. Hey. Shut up. You probably can't hear him because I have software, but I can hear him. 
so I just have people trade roles and I ask them, so if the Pilates instructor had an opportunity for you, you weren't in network marketing, you weren't in your company, you're just you. And she had an opportunity she wanted to share with you. How would you want her to tell you about it? How would you want her to make that approach? Now we're just reversing the roles. And what happens is people magically then find their authenticity. They find true north and they always say, well, I would just want her to tell me about it. How about okay. <laughs> well, how about we try that as how you tell her about it? How about you trust trust as your number one strategy? Trust authenticity as opposed to a script or manipulation or fear of loss or bullying people or hyping people or you know, the number, I think the number one recruiting script in the world is I'd really love it if you would join my business. Well, yeah, like no poop. I guess you would really love it if I would join your business. I mean, that's just about the worst approach on the planet, right? But if you give, if you give people that example of, hey, you know what? Sales is real and real isn't contrived. It's not manipulated. You don't read it in a book. You don't learn at a training seminar. You just trust it. And I've had more people have more success inviting people to take a look and connecting with people by just calling them up and just laying it out there, you know, like just be real. Yeah. What is it? Well, you know, hey, I'm doing this thing and I want to tell you about it. And I've been afraid to tell you. And I'm afraid you're going to say no. That's exactly That's right. That's it. Marianne, get out of here. Marianne! 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 Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's not the truth. Oh, my God. All right, we got to go back to the show. Oh, my gosh, we're doing fine. All right, we are back. It's the Tom Chenault Show or the Network Marketing Leadership Show, whatever it's called. We got Richard Brooke with us. It is so fun. I love this guy. He is so unbelievably straight. And who throws a book at their dog? I mean, the poor dog. It's unbelievable. <laughs> at least I just threw it at Marianne. So I'm not going to have to hear from the ASPCA. So anyway, that's awesome. Well, all right. <laughs> that was that was a beautiful moment right there. So Richard, I want to talk about your new book because I'm very excited about it for a few reasons, not least of which I knew he was going to be in the book, but the book came in the mail. And I don't know how this guy wiggled his self in there aside Rob Sperry and Rita Davenport and Sonia Stringer and Higdon and Frazier and Eric and Todd. And then somehow Tom Chenault got on there. I think that that had to have been a clerical error. Because I know it's the Richard Brooke lookalike contest. <laughs> oh, that's man. true. That's, there, you got to get one of those in there. But So tell us about the new book and tell us in particular, because I know that not only did you feature some new leaders in the book, but you actually went through and you really updated it. And so talk about what you did uh, to update it and, and why you're excited about that? Uh, well, the update happened a couple of years ago in um, Australia. I actually sat down to read the audio book and I got about four pages into it. And I told the audio technician, I said, this sucks. I can't even read this. Um, I need to go home and rewrite it. And I did the same thing with Mach 2. So I rewrote both of them from scratch. Like I didn't try to patch them or fix them. Yeah, I just rewrote it from scratch. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff is the same, but it's a whole fresh 
rewrite. And I think the most important thing about the book, The Four-Year Career, is to answer the question for people, why the four-year career? Like, what is it and why is that important? And why a book? Because that's about the least convenient tool on the planet. And so I'll answer the simplest question first. Why a book? Because when you hand somebody a book or you send somebody a book, the paradigm, I'm not saying it's true, but the paradigm is that you're handing them truth and wisdom. You're handing them education. You're handing them something that has some profoundness to it. It's like how we hold authors, right? We hold authors as weirdly, incredibly special when any one of us could write a book in about eight weeks and have them sitting on the shelf behind our desk and be an author. It's not that hard to do. Yet we're all intimidated about being an author and, and we hold them in very high regards and we hold books in very high regards. And the reason I put it in a book is tied to the reason why I wrote the book. And if I have time, 48, you, I do have time. One time, you're good. I, can I tell the story of where the book came from, where the idea came from? Let's pull the crowd. Oh yeah, they want you to. <laughs> Tom, is that all right? Would that fit in with your agenda, Tom? Is that good? Let's go. <laughs> so it's 1979. Before probably half, uh, two thirds of the people watching this were either, either born, even born. I've been full time in network marketing for two and a half years. I've lost two cars, lost my home, lost everything. I'm living in a studio apartment, driving a borrowed car. And, and I'm desperate. So I'm thinking of all kind of crazy reasons on how to, how to recruit people. And I decide I'm gonna go recruit a bunch of marketing freshmen at Drake University in Des Moines. So I don't remember how I got connected with them, but I got somehow got to meet with about 30 marketing majors, freshmen, Drake University, Des Moines, Iowa. And what I pitched them on was the idea of not replacing college with network marketing, but actually adding it to college, working with me for the next four years. So that's where the four years came from, college, because I was pitching college kids. Yep, so yep. the concept was, hey, work with me an hour or two or three a week. When, you, as, when you're a freshman, you know, you'll make a little bit of extra money. I'm sure you can use it for beer or whatever, right? You'll make two, $300 a month. When you're a sophomore, maybe you'll make five, $600 a month. Maybe when you're a junior, maybe you'll make two, three, you know, $100 more, maybe seven, $800 a month. Maybe you buy a car, right? And when you're, a, when you're a senior and you graduate, this was the crux of my pitch. When you graduate, you'll have some income. Let's say it's just 1979. So let's say it's two or $3,000 a month. What that freedom, what the, that optional lifestyle is going to give you is you're not going to have to take the first job that somebody offers you, which in my experience is then going to determine the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get married. You're going to have a family. You're going to live in the town of whoever offers you the first job. And remember, this is 1979. So the 40-year career was much more prevalent. And so I said, do this, build with me. You'll have freedom when you graduate. 
you can take a year off, travel Europe, you know, go join the Peace Corps, go work on your grandparents' ranch and, you know, learn their farm, learn their lifestyle, learn their values. Go do something to live and experience the world before you get locked down in a job. And of course, none of them signed up, as you would expect. And but I stuck with the idea of, hey, here's what you do the first year. Here's what you do the second year. Here's what you do the third year, fourth year to provide that. I didn't say it back then, but the build it once, get paid forever, being able to have enough financial security so that you have options in life. And then how actually, the, what the book really digs into is the mechanics and the math of how our model actually works. And I find that so important, Tom and, and Adrian, because I could ask a hundred network marketers how it actually works and they can't explain it. They do not know the fundamental mathematical models and principles, the financial part of why network marketing works as a product distribution and income model. They can't explain it. And here's the last piece of all of this. What I found in my recruiting career, which lasted about eight years, but I built a team of 30,000 people in about five years, and I did it with a pick and shovel in the prehistoric days. Good. And what I found is I rarely lost people to product. I rarely lost somebody because they didn't want my product. Now, if I'm talking to a, you know, a 19-year-old girl about a gasoline additive, I'm talking to the wrong person but I rarely lost the enrollment on product and I rarely lost the enrollment on my company. Nobody looked at my company and said, that's a bad company, bad, not, we didn't have websites back then, but where did I lose everybody? On this, I lost them on network marketing. And yes, they had objections to it. They didn't wanna sell, they didn't wanna bother their friends, they didn't wanna be in a pyramid scheme, whatever but I lost them to the model. And what I found is if I would focus my expertise as a network marketer on educating people and selling people on the model, not hyping them, but showing them the four uh, principles, the four pillars of how network marketing income works, where that money comes from, I found I had like believers and it wasn't hyped believers, I had educated people that understood the model and they understood, here's where I'll leave it, that the work is worth it. And that's what's missing in recruiting folks. It's that the prospect does not believe the work is worth it. It's not that they don't wanna sell or that they don't wanna bother their friends or, you know, look, have, all of us are like bothering each other about, hey, you should vote this way, you should, Right? We're, we don't have any trouble bothering each other when, we, when we're passionate about something. But what, what I found was people didn't believe the work was worth it. And you know, before we go to break, here's the example I'll give all of you. If I suggest to all of you, when we get done at this next section, this break we're about to go on, no, when this whole show's over, so don't go away from the show. When the whole show's over, here's what I want you to do. Go to your front door, strip down totally naked, and streak your neighborhood screaming at the top of your lungs, I love MLM. I want all of you to do it. 
when the show's over. And notice how, notice what comes up. You'll go, oh, that's stupid. I wouldn't do that. That's so embarrassing, right? I would never do that. You know, a few crazies would say, well, I'll do it, you know, when nobody's looking. But fundamentally, almost all of us are absolutely not. I would never embarrass myself that way. That's never going to happen. That's a stupid idea, right? Except what if I give you $50,000 to do it? Tax-free. I, Tom, you're, I'm thinking 50 bucks. I can get you. Right? What if I give you $50,000? Notice how many of you would think about it now. You're, th you're trying to visualize it. Now you're trying to rationalize why you would and how you would instead of rationalize why you wouldn't. Yep. What if I give you $250,000? What if I give you a million? Notice how if I'm talking to a crowd of people, I'm going to get 95% of them at a million bucks. And the other holdouts, they're not money motivated, right? So what I tell them is, do you know anybody that's sick, terminally ill? You streak, they live. Not doing that. Now everyone streaks. Absolutely. Why? It's worth it. And the only thing that's missing in our ability to enroll people is our ability to educate people. Once we've built the relationship and the rapport and they're leaning in, educate people about what this is and how it's worth it. And the biggest component of that is you can make five or $10,000 a month doing a million things, but there's only one thing you can do once or maybe you invest 500 bucks and five or 10 hours a week for two or three or four years and you get up to five or $10,000 a month. And then if you choose to, or you want to, if you pick the right company, you get paid five or 10 grand a month for the rest of your life. There's only one opportunity that can provide that in your life and it's network marketing. And so I believe network marketing deserves not another how-to book, but it deserves the why-to, like Jordan's book, Beach Money. And, you know, uh, Eric's um, video, the... I should remember the name of it. Sorry, Eric. Yeah. You know, somebody put it in the chat. Um, All right. We got to take a break. That was quite the monologue. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much. Are you tired? I mean, you were doing I some talking there. Oh, that was too cute. We, I just lived for that moment to be able to say that to him. Because if you guys knew the comments he makes every week to me, you'd be blown away. So hurtful. So finally, we are back right after this. This is the Genesis Communication Network. Thanks for listening. Oh, my God, was that awesome. You, epic rant. Thank you. You never got to say contact mapping once, did you? <laughs> I could not weave anything in there. Okay, so what's up, buddy? I, <laughs> you guys, I, I love hanging around the two of you together because there's just never, there's never a dull moment. <laughs> I'm just sitting here looking for stuff to bust him on on the internet while you're talking. Oh, that's perfect. That's, that's a awesome. great plan. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to find a chink in my armor, some lack of integrity. Oh, and something, but I couldn't do it. Oh man. So what else is going on that we need to know about? I think we should talk about contact mapping for a minute. What do you think? Fired up. So, hey, so I'm going to say something about contact mapping, and then you can ask me a question about it. I uh, that platform that you guys have, Mighty, Mighty Networks, 
the Mighty Networks. Uh, that is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen for building community and education and championing people and connecting people. I spent an hour on Zoom a couple of days ago with the company back east. Um, and I'm, I'm so impressed with what you've done there. Brilliant, brilliant work. And I'm, I'm like, you talk about out of integrity, Tom Chenault. I, I love contact mapping. I believe in it. I think it's the best tool ever invented for networking. And I'm the worst contact mapper on the planet. You're just the worst documenter and follow-upper. I'm telling you, I use your story constantly because you readily admit how rich you would be. Had, oh. had, I mean, it's just pathetic, both of us. And I'm pretty good at it, but I look at what has fallen through my fingers as a result of my ego and my able to remember. And it's just horrific. I'd have a G650 parked out back. <laughs> that's, that's a jet, by the way, you guys, Gulfstream. Yeah, wow. Absolutely, no doubt in my mind, if everybody I've met in my business career, I had the ability to remember who they were, how we met, some interesting one or two details about them, how we left the conversation. If I had that documented where I could go back in and look at that, I would have had not 10 times more people to introduce to my business. I'd have 100 times more people to introduce to my business. My life would be a hundred times richer than it is now, which if I just take my net worth and multiply it by a hundred, I'm all G650'd up, buddy. So for those of you that are young, um, oh my gosh, don't squander the contacts that you're gonna make this year, next year, two years from now. And, you're, and the problem is we don't ever know when we're gonna meet someone. Right. I mean, it just, well, you know, like, I don't know, about a year ago, my doorbell rings. I go to the doorbell. A guy says, my wife's having heat stroke. She's down on the trail. Can I borrow your golf cart? Yeah, sure. Uh, his name's Jeff Glass. He's He's been Larry Ellison's chief pilot and director of aviation for 25 years. He has two G650s. <laughs> and because of that relationship, I got to sit in one of them. Man, that's so and you know, you just never know when you're going to meet people. And if you don't have the ability to capture that moment in time, you squander it. Contact mapping. Here's the other little thing I'll just say to that as the, the younger guy in this story is that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be hard. Like you can meet that guy, go, I'd love to stay in touch. Let me grab your number you know, Larry Ellison, G650s, met him at the golf cart. You know, like, I mean, it doesn't have to be any harder than that, but the difference between that and doing nothing is the ability to call on that in the future and to find a way to contribute, to find, you know, you just, you can't believe how often these things keep coming up. It's incredible. And so that's what we're about. And so thank you for saying that. And well, yeah, I say it, and then I also want to address. I don't remember how much it is. Is it like a hundred bucks a year or something? 
It's it's 300 bucks a year for the premium version and there's a totally free version. You don't even need a credit card. Well, so I would go for the $300 version and I know, you know, people are like burned out on $100 for this, $50 for that, $300 for this. Uh, and, you know, the contact mapping is not for a network marketer that's casual, wannabe, maybe I'm going to do this. But if you're going to do this, if you're going to build an income, your income is going to be in direct proportion to how many people you introduce to your business. And how many people you introduce to it is going to be in proportion to how many people you're connected to. And you may be connected to a bunch of people on your phone, but if you don't remember how they got in there, <laughs> that's kind of a tough conversation, right? You're going to have to resort to the, hi, this is Richard. You're in my phone, June. Is your husband at home? <laughs> that is so it, it's the best $300 you could ever spend. And of course, then, you know, like anything else, you got to use it. Yep. You can't buy those books and not read them, Tom. You got to read them. Well, I have read every book. It, it's unbelievable. I'm like, I have got to be your biggest fan, I think. All right, we're back. Let's just play like we didn't even have a break. He talked through the, not only the monologue, but the break. <laughs> All right. And we're back. It is the Network Marketing Leadership Show. It's Tom Chanel. That's Adrian Chanel. And we are having a great time with the one and only Richard Brook sponsored by contactmapping.com. We worked it in. We got it in. It's unbelievable. So <laughs> Richard Brooke is an icon. You guys, you have to buy this book. I mean, go buy it. When the show is over, own it. Whatever you do, the people in here, Ian Farrer, do you know that he's one of your guys that you wrote the story on? He and I were on the back of Bob Chris' book together too. And I- wow tortured him. I'm going, well, you and I were on another book and he was never able to figure it out. So I decided to tell him on this show who it was, but it was Bob Chris book, raising a giant or feeding a giant. But the reason I say that is because that's another legendary book. These are legendary books. This isn't some guy that just wrote something that's not going to change your life. The book is going to change your life. The stories are going to change your life and you want to own these. I mean, no matter what, you can buy them from us. We got a million here. I just saw Jeanette Anderson down in Australia said, send me some. I'll send you four books today, Jeanette, because you are a rock star. What are you rolling your eyes about, Brooke? He would have sent you 20, I'm sure. In fact, I was the other night and I said, I'm buying 200 books. And he came back one second later and ripped my, oh, big move, Tom. I mean, that was hilarious. We are going to buy a lot of your books. I want to be Adam Green. I want to be, and I see. Did what Adam did. Ian got inspired from Adam. So Ian, he's sending all hundred of his books to uh, leaders individually. He's actually doing the work. He sent me the pictures. But Adam Green, uh, he's like a 30-year-old multi-multi-millionaire. I mean, he has more cash than than uh, Chase Bank. I mean, it's crazy how wealthy this young man is. And he did a lot of things right. But one of the things he did early on is he sent a four-year career and a personal note to every new first-rank advanced person on his team at all levels. It's impossible. And so instead of ending up with a bunch of customers, which was what most people do, he converted about one out of 15 or 20 of those customers to serious business builders because they read the book. And, you know, you could use Beach Money for this. You can use Flip Flop CEO for this. You can use 
You Maybe might. GoPro, but GoPro is better for how to do it than why to do it. There's a there's some great books on our profession. It doesn't have to be the four-year career that you use it. But we got to get education in people's hands and not just send it to them. But, you know, I just was on a call last night for an hour and a half with a group in Poland and and all over the United States that did a 90-day book study on Mach 2. Killed it. You know, it's one thing to buy a book, folks. It's another thing to read it. It's another thing to study that book until you can teach it. You take the four-year career on such that you can teach it without notes, you're going to the top. Boom. That's all I have to say about that. Right, let's get out of here. We got two minutes left. We got. We do. Yeah. All right. Well, to say we something interesting, it. asking something. <laughs> so, I love I love these daily dose of salt Facebook Live videos. Oh that my you gosh, do, they're fantastic. You guys have to subscribe to those. And so, how how did that come about? And has it been easy, hard, fun, all of the above to do it every day? I mean, that's a that's not a small undertaking to come up with something profound to say every single day. Well, how it came about is pandemic, lockdown, all the, the resorts closed, got the golf course was closed, nothing to do come the 1st of April, 2020. And I'm fat. And so I decide, well, no excuse. I mean, if you can't get fit during the pandemic, you might as well just brand yourself a fat guy and live with it forever. So I decided to get fit. So I went on a hike along the coastline of Lanai every morning about six o'clock. Took me about an hour and a half. I basically went for the 10,000 steps. Um, and then of course people are telling me, you know, if you want to build your audience, Eric's the great, greatest example. You know, he went live every day for 18 months. Yep. Um, maybe not for as long as I do, but every day for 18 months. And that's how he built his audience. And, and you know, he's like, He's all Gulf streamed up as a result of building that audience. So I just decided, well, okay, since I'm out here walking for 90 minutes, maybe I'll show people the ocean and I'll talk to them for a couple of minutes, which for me turned out to be 20. Does that surprise you? <laughs> and um, so then I was teaching people consistency and uh, compounding consistency and so I, you know, every day, I think I've missed maybe one day or two days in six or seven or eight months, however long it's been. Crazy. And I usually don't think of what I'm going to talk about until I'm typing the title into the, my phone or my iPad right before I go live. And has it been hard? Um, it has taken motivation just like anything else does, you know, it has taken motivation. I've had to make the payoffs be more important to me than the inconvenience. Oh wanting to avoid it, wanting to skip it, wanting to not come up with something to say. And then of course I got really creative when I actually didn't have anything to say one day. I just asked the audience, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> wow. All right, we got to get out of here. This was the Richard Brooks show with Tom and Adrian Chenault listening alongside you. And it was awesome. And we love you. And we will see you all next week on the Network Marketing Leadership Show. Thanks a million, Richard Brooks. See you later. Tom, thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Contact Mapping.
Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can get a lot more content like this going to contactmapping.com.